Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook Live every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. When we are asked to look back on the experiences that have shaped our lives, we often default to the positives. Academic success, loving relationships, steps we've taken toward optimal wellness, But what about those moments in life that saw us at our worst? What has trauma done for us during our life's journey? And how can we learn from those events? Dr. Tanya English helps women who have ever experienced loss, especially stillbirth and pregnancy loss, go from grief to grace and find treasure in tragedy. Dr. Tanya has been working for over 30 years in healing, first as a massage therapist, then as a chiropractor and energy healer. She is also an accomplished blues singer. After experiencing the stillbirth of her child in 1994, she had a profound healing experience through blues music. She then went on to practice chiropractic and energy healing. Dr. Tanya, with her husband Ed, started the Tanya English Band in 2012 and witnessed more healing with her audience and with her clients online and internationally. She knows that the darkest tragedy can hold an endless well of blessings. Today, Dr. Tanya is going to talk about the importance of trauma and how it can lead to our biggest life lessons and greater healing. Welcome, Dr. Tanya. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So glad to have you on the podcast. So if you could please share with our audience about your practice as a healer or what I love, you call yourself a soul chiropractor. Yeah, that's an interesting little story. I was working with my spiritual coach and he said, you know, I keep thinking chiropractor for your soul, soul chiropractor, something like that. And I said, yeah, maybe, I don't know. And then somebody that same week introduced me to somebody and said, well, this is Tanya. She's a chiropractor. Well, she's a chiropractor for your soul. And I was like, well, I guess that's independent cooperation. So the reason why he said that is because when I'm doing healing, when I'm doing energy healing, I'm not looking at the face of the person and just what's on the surface. I'm looking at their entire soul's journey. And so sometimes what comes up are things that generationally have been landing on this person. Mm -hmm. So what do chiropractors do? We remove interference from the nervous system. Mm -hmm. That's the job of chiropractic. So when we're removing interference from the nervous system, what does that really mean? Is it just moving a bone off a nerve? That's the beginning of it. But what causes the bone to move and press on the nerve? It's muscles that are contracting that pull the bone out of place. We're relaxing, whatever they're doing, they're not doing the right thing. In other words, they're creating interference. And all of that is actually 
run by your emotions. So your emotions are like a suit of physiology that you wear. So when you are angry, you feel different than when you're exactly. happy. Exactly, and it shows up in your body. Like when All we are angry, our muscles tighten, mm-hmm. our jaws clench. Mm-hmm. When we're happy, we feel looser. Our mm-hmm. muscles feel looser, that we feel more, more pliable. Yes, you're more yes. expansive. Your energy grows. So when it's you're kind happy. of that, and this is something that I've come into with some of the wellness circles that I am in is like a somatic energy, like mm-hmm. somatic wellness correct yeah that's your body soma means body but it's all influenced by how you receive the world and what you're putting out is what you receive so what you want to do is remove any static you want to dial that station in clearly you don't want static to listen to because it's going to influence how you're receiving the information receiving what you're being shown and we're always realigning and going back to center where source energy is the source of all that is and that's where being a soul chiropractor comes into play for you because you are moving that energy to other spots where it could be more useful or even taking those energies dissolving it and dissolving it dissolving it into unconditional love we're not taking anything away we're not adding anything Mm -hmm. we're just bringing more love in and and that's the universal solvent, Absolutely. love and forgiveness. Which are two key elements in managing and processing trauma. Absolutely. Which I know is kind of a cornerstone of the work that you do. Yeah. So you share your story of trauma on your website, which mm-hmm. is Healing the Blues. And of course, audience members, we will absolutely have the links to those websites and resources in the show notes. But Healing the Blues, tell me a bit about that title, about that concept and how it became the seedling for your practice. Well, I've been in practice for over 30 years, so my major website is Quantum Healing International. That's where you can access a lot of things. Healing with the Blues is a project that I started about three years ago. Actually, it was longer than that, so it's four years now, because it was before the pandemic. But I've been doing energy healing since 2014, online, over the phone, working with people all over the world. And when I was talking about What was the message I really wanted to bring to people? And it's that those tragedies, those things that happen in our life, if we dive into them a little bit and just sit with a feeling, it can inform you on lots of different levels. And so what we're talking about really is seeing the world and seeing yourself in the world in a way that gives you more sovereignty over yourself. It doesn't mean that you're replacing God. That's not what it is. And I'm glad you brought that up because, and this has been my experience with people that I speak with too, because as you know, I think you and I got to know each other (laughs) through spiritual and wellness seeking. So I've been tuned in for about four or five years and getting in tune with that mind-body connection. And people may think that if they're unfamiliar with that terminology, if they're unfamiliar with that world, they immediately may think that this is you know, anti-religion, this is religion. Not at all. You know, you could call it new age, but it's really not. It's really ancient. I cannot stand the term new age. because it's it's a very zodiac, astrological term. Because it's really based on ancient philosophies and ancient practices that have been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. Well, let me tell you that my orientation to all of this is I'm always checking in with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, what did Jesus say about this? Sure. What did he say? Get your red letter Bibles out (laughs) and look that up. But he kept telling us the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's right here. And what you seek, you'll find. So 
If you have a traumatic experience, are you seeking to be sad? Are you seeking all the things that went wrong? Are you what-ifing yourself? Are you trying to blame and shame yourself or someone else? And so when this trauma happened to me, this tragedy of my son being stillborn, this is our first baby together. I had two bonus daughters that came with my husband, but this is our first baby together. And I think differently than other people. It turned out that I've been reading people's energy most of my life. And then I found someone who could coach me into how to use it for my highest good and for the good of my patients and my clients. And so as I'm lying there in the hospital bed, it came to me like, do you really believe everything happens to the highest good? Right. Because now what you've been teaching what I've been telling apply, myself. What you've been is, yeah. is what you have to apply to yourself. Everything in happens the highest good. Blah blah blah. You know, like right, you're saying right. this, and like then you have this extremely difficult situation. And I say tragedy is actually a change that happens without notice and very suddenly. And so that's what tragedy is. So now, as a human being, I have to wrap my head around what is this. What is really happening here? Now, is there a difference between tragedy and trauma? Is it kind of one is the product of the other? Yeah, I think I've had other trauma happen. So I can speak to sexual harassment, sexual abuse. I can speak to those things because I've had those traumas in my life too. And so when I look at it, everybody says, oh, losing a child is the worst thing that can happen. And I think, but is it the worst thing? I'm not trying to compare wounds here, but if I got so much out of his life in that short nine months that he was with me, and he delivered his message to me so succinctly, do you really believe everything happens to the highest good? I mean, that informs your life. There's a gift in that. Hello. And finding a gift in the Ooh, trauma. Yes, I love this conversation <laughs> because that's why I just feel that when we try to find the strength in the trauma, it's always easier, like you said, to say it when you're not in the thing. Oh, yeah. But when you're in the thing. <laughs> Sounds trite. Then it's challenging. That's it's, the juice, though. That's yeah. the juice where the challenge is, even in your relationships, where the friction is, that's where you're getting lessons. That's where you're learning. I used to tell my son, because I had another child after him, and he's beautiful and perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to say, you can learn several ways. You can learn from other people's mistakes. I highly recommend that, Uh because then you don't have to go through it. Correct. And you can learn from your own. And there's some that you are going to have to make, so you get that message, so that you learn that. So that's not for naught. You know, there's nothing worse than making a mistake or an error and not gaining something from it exactly the sin missing the mark the sin would be that you don't learn anything from it i'll give you an example i had a client recently i was working with her and we were getting to a new place in how she looked at relationships she said well if somebody like that comes into my life again i'll just get rid of them and i said you're missing the point here what if you never had to do that again what if you never attracted someone into your life that would treat you like that because you're not treating yourself like that. How you treat yourself is how you train other people to treat you. So we clear that energy of mistreat me, because I'm used to that, that's what I know. We clear that energy, which it can go pretty deep. 
Oh yeah, generationally, it doesn't always start with that adult relationship. No. It really goes back to never does your childhood. It goes back to the relationships that you've witnessed. And look at all the patterns that come down on you generationally. Mm. Everybody here in this country had ancestors that came here from somewhere else because of famine because there was no opportunity, because they were poor, or they were going to make money coming here. And those who were here, well, they were killed off. So everybody who is in this country and in the whole world has had this generational trauma that's happened, and it lands on you. And then this, this is why it's called New Age, because we are the rule breakers. We're the ones that are breaking those patterns. And I can't tell you how many women I've worked with that say, I know I'm supposed to break this pattern. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I know that, but I know it. I have absolutely been there yeah. when you're breaking generational curses mm-hmm. and breaking those patterns. And look at the blues. Okay, yeah. this leads right into and, why right, I'm doing right. the blues. Yes, yes. So the blues is... <laughs> goosebumps. So the, Dr. Tanya's over here getting excited over the blues. I don't blame her. Yes. The blues was given to us by people who only had hope. That was it. They didn't have anything else. Everything else had been taken away from them. Their children are taken away, their spouses, their families separated. Their freedom. Their freedom is gone. The only thing that they have is hope. And so they're singing their hope out. They're singing their trying to get through a day. Call and response. Mm -hmm. You know, let's make the work lighter by singing together. Mm -hmm. So it always spoke to me. Whenever I heard blues music, I was like, what is that? I need that. That's feeding my soul. It is. Now, when you're playing, do you find that the lessons, because when you're playing blues music, ultimately you're talking about trauma yeah. and the lyrics and the tone of Some the of music. it, yeah. yeah some, some of it's of it. fun. Some of it is fun. <laughs> Absolutely. There's party blues. There's yeah. sexy blues. There's yeah. I'm going to get you blues. Yeah. There's very sad blues. Drown yeah. in my own tears is a very, very sad song. Yes. And there's all of those. And do you find that what you do in your practice, do you find that it's just as healing to heal yourself through the blues as it is to recommend it to others? Yeah, because, I mean, I get to sing. And I think everybody can sing. Even people who say they can't carry a tune in a bucket (laughs) can sing. You can sing. And you can sing your pain. And your pain becomes less. You can sing your joy and your joy becomes more. So when I had that healing experience with the Blind Boys of Alabama in the tent stage at the Mississippi Valley Blues Fest back in 1994, I felt waves of love just flowing through me. What an experience. Uh, And then, years later, my mentor in blues singing, Gloria Hardiman, alligator recording artist, Miss Gloria Hardiman, introduced me to one of her best friends who's Jimmy Carter, the oldest original blind boy of Alabama. Just retired last month. And she told him my story about what happened because I came out of there different than I went in Mm -hmm. to that tent. And he's like, I want to have dinner with her. So we went and saw them and had dinner with him and the rest of the guys a couple years ago. And then two years ago, I sang Healing with the Blues in the tent stage at the Mississippi Valley Blues Fest. Mm. It came full, full circle, circle 25 years, wow. 30 years later. What an experience. So, yeah, amazing experience to think that that's what you can do. That's what can happen in your life when you dive into those places that you have been trying to avoid 
Now, I know there's somebody out here that's going to hear this and go, I've been trying to avoid the feelings that I have. And let me tell you something. The more you try to avoid, the more you drive them deeper in, and they will come out in another way that you will not like. Yeah. That's why there's so much disease. Yeah. We're the sickest country in the world. Yes. With the highest income. It's crazy. I just, I just had on Sandy Stewart. She's a wellness coach, works for the university. I had her on my show a couple of weeks ago, and she gave the staggering statistic that Iowa has the fastest growing rates of cancer than any other state. I couldn't believe it when one. I moved here. I heard cancer story after cancer story after cancer story. I'm from the East Coast originally. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen cancer like I've seen here. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is a staggering statistic. Do you know why? Talk to me about that because I wanted to know (laughs) what is the link between harboring unconfronted trauma? What is the link to that? Stoicism. The stoic farmer. I had a guy once that was mixing chemicals with his hands. His skin up his forearm from his hands looked like a burn victim because that's the way this farmer mixed chemicals to throw on his land to spray on his crops. So there's more chemistry here. I mean, you can see it at the Mississippi Delta. It's all flowing in there, the topsoil. It's everywhere. And it's really difficult to get away from it, but we do have more and more people that are having organic farms. But even with that, the soil has been depleted from this constant monocrop culture. Now that is one thing. That's the nutrition side of it. Right. But and the, that is so valid. Yes. It is. And the emotional side of it is don't show your feelings. Don't share your feelings. Everything's fine. <laughs> Have I, you heard the acronym I, yes, for fine? <laughs> yes, yes. I think everything is fine could be like the state motto because oh, yeah. I'm from Chicago, so I'm not too far from here. Yeah, yeah. But I'm definitely from a place where people are showing their feelings all the time. And Chicago's <laughs> not the healthiest place in the world, right. but still, that expression is something that I've often seen missing since I've lived here over the past two decades. I can't tell you how many people I've said, are you really fine? They will hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's their blanket to cover up from everything. It's always refreshing when I ask someone, like if I'm at work or if I'm in line at the grocery store, or Mm. even the people in my house that I love, that when I ask them, how are things going, that instead of saying that knee-jerk, it's fine, they say, actually, I'm having a really bad day today, or actually, I've got something that I'm working through, Mm -hmm. but thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if they want to continue to express that, and they're more than welcome to do that, but just even that answer, like, really telling people, I think that that's something I want to send the listener away with as well as, the next time you're not fine and someone asks you how you're doing, don't say you're fine. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it. Be say, real. Say, you know, I'm having a bad day. And leave it at that if you don't want to get too expressive about it. Vulnerability does not equal weakness. Yeah. That's been getting hit home a lot, especially for those who listen to Brene Brown and those type of speakers, because it's something that we've always equated strength with stoicism. Mm-hmm. And we have equated vulnerability with weakness. And part of that is a trauma response. Absolutely it is. I mean, think about it. There I am in the hospital bed. We we're trying to have the baby at home and eventually had to go to the hospital to see what was going on. And the doctor came in and said, You've been led down the garden path. You made a bad decision. You're causing this problem. Now, do you think that was helpful? So my mother-in-law followed her into the break room and said, what's your problem? And she said, I've been having a really bad day. 
She said, well, you're not helping these people. You're off the case. We're going to get somebody else in here. Did that person a favor, too. Because she, yeah, she needed she, to go. She needed to uh, She go. needed to be off the case. Absolutely. So the doctor that came in and took her place was the name of what my nieces and nephews called my mother for grandma. Dr. Mim. They called her Mim. Oh. And I was like, Dr. Mem, this is a riot. This is a sign, <laughs> right? Like, Dr. Grandma's going to come in and help deliver this baby. And also, just to keep on that same vein, what happened that made me go, well, do you really believe that? Look around you. There's my husband, steadfast, mm-hmm. suffering, loving, nurturing, supporting me. Mm-hmm. There's his family around. My family was far away mm-hmm. on the East Coast. There's his family around. There's all the support for me that was there. He's going through it, too. We had a number of very interesting kind of super real things happen before and after his passing, Edward Oliver English, that is just like you're looking for signs. Let me see if this makes any sense. Show me something because I don't get it. Why is this happening? I was so good. I'm in chiropractic school. I'm getting, you know, good care and I have wonderful things. And then this happens? Yeah. Being vulnerable? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be a healer and this is happening to me so I can help more and more exactly. and more people. Exactly. So one of the things that happened, I know people will want to hear this because it's so weird. So we're standing in our apartment in Davenport because I was going to Palmer and all these windows that faced the Mississippi River, and a blue balloon goes floating horizontally by our windows. Wow. And I looked at Ed, and I said, did you see that? And he said, yeah, I saw that. We went outside. There's no parties anywhere. There's no nothing going on in the neighborhood. And it floated, like I said, horizontally. It wasn't going up. It was just the strangest thing. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, well. Very Message good. received. Got it. Got it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, wow. So when you're searching, when you're in this mode of like, why is this happening? This is when you want to be allowing source to come in and inform yeah. you. Source God, I use the words sure. interchangeably, to come in and give you, have yourself a revelation. Let it be revealed to and you. And be open to it. Yeah, you got to be open. And so that's what I teach my patients and my clients is let's be open because there's so much more out there than what you can see. Exactly. I agree. Yes, <laughs> yes. So another thing that you shared on your website, you have a lot of quotables on your website. I yeah, I'm going like, to start uh, getting some trademarks done. I, I like it. <laughs> now, one quote that I absolutely loved, and we kind of referred to it in the intro, your biggest tragedy... Your deepest well of sadness can be a well of blessings if you let it. And we were just discussing, you know, allowing that to come in. Where Mm. does a person begin? Like, what is the timeline? I know there's no specific timeline for all of us, but at what point is a person ready to look at their trauma as a well of blessings? Well, it's different for everybody. And it has to do, I think, most often with recognizing that the grief that they're feeling is because of the love that they had. And it doesn't have to be just a person that's passed. We all had loss of lifestyle during COVID. 
So there's grief over that. There's grief over loss of a job. The grief happens because the love is there. So grief is like a doorway that we can walk through. And everybody's going to walk through it at some point in their life. Yeah. You're going to walk through this doorway. And it's an opening for you to get to know yourself on a deeper level. So when does that happen for people? When they're ready. Yeah. When they're ready. I mean, I just watched Shrinking. I the Apple love that TV show Plus. with Harrison Ford. Yes, yeah, very, very well Segal. written. And they're the very. worst therapists. The <laughs> worst. terrible. It is, I'm like, oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> the human stories in that is just... Some of it's great. I mean, I highly recommend if your patient can't go anywhere, you house them if you can. <laughs> but one of the things that I noticed about that is all about his grief over his wife dying. Mm-hmm. And what he was holding on to was the fight that they had before she died. Yeah. Instead of looking at all the love that they had from the beginning of meeting. And so there he's negating all that love because the last thing, well, when you're a spirit, when you're finally free from this mortal coil and you're spirit, you're not going to be holding grudges. No, no. (laughs) Against yourself. This is the thing that when people finally let go of that grudge against themselves, that's a big moment of healing. That's because at that point, when you let go of the judgment of yourself, at that point, you understand that if you can let go of judgment of yourself, you can let go of judgment of others. I'll tell you, everything that you want to do for other people, do for yourself. And you have to have massive amounts of self-compassion. You have Massive amounts. Like, I wish there was a word bigger than massive that we could use (laughs) because self-compassion is so hard to come by. We will speak to our friends with more reverence. We'll speak to a stranger in the street with more reverence than we'll speak to ourselves. Yeah, how many times have you said, oh, I'm such an idiot? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. Right. Can you imagine going up to your friend and them doing something and saying, oh, you're such an idiot? No, but you would say it so easily to yourself. So what we talk about is when you fill your own cup, it overflows to everybody else. I just took 10 days off of work. Yesterday was the first time I had driven my car anywhere. You have to vacate your regular routine every so often because if you don't, you can get into this fatigue of giving and putting out that fire and doing this and if you don't stop that's all you do so wait a minute i'm still stuck on you didn't drive your car for 10 days yeah my husband (laughs) drove me around (laughs) i was still stuck there wow (laughs) i don't know if the only thing you asked me to do was to not drive my car for 10 days still go to work still keep my routine oh it was longer than 10 days because when i got home i didn't drive it for a week wow and i was like this is good. I like not going anywhere for a while. I like being still. I like being able to meditate three times a day. I had Mm. gotten off of that track and I really wanted to get back on. So one of the things that I'm teaching people is recentering, recentering, recentering. Go back to center. If I go do this, go back to center. Because where's center? Center, you don't get dizzy. I mean, if you're on the merry-go-round, those lethal weapons they had on playgrounds for years, (laughs) and you're on the outside of the merry-go-round, you're going to get really dizzy. But the more you move toward the center, no dizziness. And who else is there in center? Source energy. God energy is right there. Yeah. You keep going back. And as you practice going back, which is meditation, prayer, yoga, whatever you do it, going back to center is going to fill your cup. Mm -hmm. And as you fill your cup, it overflows to others. So mm-hmm. it becomes 
a practice that you're doing not just for yourself. You're doing it for the world. So if everybody practiced that, if we had children in elementary school or in nursery school learning how to center themselves, if we had prisoners learning how to center themselves, if we had politicians learning how to center themselves, mm. they would have way more compassion for people. Yeah, indeed. And we need it. We need compassion we because we're just a mess. Yeah, we are. We, <laughs> we are. have so much to work on because there is the entire world of opportunity and diversity, and this is the Garden of Eden, if you want it to be. And nobody's getting out alive, so don't worry about that. Got that right. Everybody's going to pass through those gates. My last question for you today was I wanted to come back to the music. Mm -hmm. Because as we said, in addition to being a fabulous soul chiropractor, (laughs) you are also a celebrated musician. And you touched a bit on how specifically the blues has helped you navigate Mm -hmm. trauma. Tell us a bit about how music can be a tool for healing. How can someone walk away from this podcast today? Mm. and begin to use music, whatever music that's at their disposal, as a tool for healing? Well, pick your happy song, right? First of all, start your day with your happy song. Mm, I like that idea. One of my happy songs is Happy. Yes. (laughs) For Williams. I love that song. I dance around my office. I have a little dance party for one. And it lifts you up because it's vibrational. I get that same feeling. I have a playlist on my streaming service, and I call it my positive perception playlist. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly a lot of songs that are from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of, I'm really aging myself here, but I'm going to go ahead and do it like New Kids on the Block and New Edition <laughs> and all of that music from the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, mine's Commodores. Such, right, right. And like, those just bring such a happy feeling in me because it reminds me of a happy, nostalgic time. And that can be enough, especially if the trauma happened during the era of the song. Exactly. And so as you bring that back, remember, song and music is a major way for people to have memories. Mm -hmm. My dad loves to listen to big band music. He was a teenager during that time. I love to listen to music that I was a teenager at the time, Mm -hmm. and younger too. But what's amazing about music Well, it's called music because it's from a muse. And the muses were inspiration for artists. That's what muses are. So as we have this inspiration happening, and inspiration means breathing in. Inspiration is inviting spirit in. So when I'm doing breathing techniques with my clients and patients, We are using inspiration, breathing in, to invite spirit in. So one of the exercises I have everybody do is called four-count breathing, four-square breathing. You've probably heard of it. Yeah. You breathe in for four counts, you hold your breath for four counts, you breathe out of your nose for four counts, and you hold it out for four counts, and you just keep doing that. And it relaxes you, and it puts you from fight or flight response into rest, digest, and Literally heal. a minute or two of four, 32 seconds can we do it. set you up. 32 nice seconds, way. and it changes your physiology from the two modes. There's only two modes that your body knows. One is fight or flight or freeze, and the other one is rest, digest, and heal. You can only be in one or the other. Right now, I'm in rest, digest, and heal because we're having this great conversation. Yes. And yes, I love same. to be with you, and it's <laughs> so nice, and it's a beautiful day. Yes. But I might get in the car and go <laughs> into fight or flight. Yeah. And that happens as a subconscious trigger. 
So if you had some trauma that happened to you, let's just say maybe you got hit by a red car when you were riding your bike and your bike was blue. Every time you see a red car and a blue bike, your body goes, I know what to do. And it goes into fight or flight response. And that becomes subconscious. So now there's this pattern happening that's totally subconscious. You're not aware of it. And your body's doing it. And you don't know why you're getting so tense. And you don't know why you just kicked the dog and yelled at your <laughs> husband or whatever. <laughs> don't go kick your dogs. Please but, don't. <laughs> but, and you don't know why you're snapping at people. It's because that subconscious thing happened and your body contracted. And you can feel it if you start to notice when it's happening and you say, mm. so then you can do four count breathing and bring it out. And I have lots of different techniques that I teach people to do that. And in fact, we're having a class on April 20th at 7 p.m. You can go to the website and register for it's free. And it's called Five Simple Ways to Go from Grief to Relief. Because don't you get tired of being in grief? I know I did. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is rough. I'm just tired of being sad. Yeah. My husband and I are pretty happy people. And so <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story. It's so funny for me. <laughs> I hope you think it's funny. But we were so tired of being sad after our son passed. And we were watching TV, just laying on the couch. And this advertisement came on that said, there's nothing worse than a yeast infection. And we both went, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse? Oh, thank God. I mean, it just was so funny to us. And we were just rolling around on the floor laughing because how silly does that sound to people who just lost a baby? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So having the chance to laugh, having the chance to bring your vibe up, having the chance to let go of the grief for even a few moments when you're in it, it's such a gift because it means you're on your way to healing. You don't have to be sad forever. And then you can go back and look at those things that happened and say, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am now. And I happen to like me. I wouldn't be the person I am now if I hadn't gone through all that. Correct. So this is all a gift. It is. I'll see him again. I'm not worried about that. Mm -hmm. I got no worries about that. Yeah. But to be able to have him give me this gift of understanding of the revelation that I've had, of all the techniques that I've learned to do gentle healing for people who are grieving. Yeah, what a gift. And this conversation was absolutely (laughs) a gift. Dr. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so confident that our audience has gained something from this wonderful exchange. Well, that's what I pray about every time I do an interview. Yes. Somebody is going to get some healing today. Yes, they are. Every performance, every interview, everything. Somebody's going to get healing. Somebody's going to get healing. And where can they get that healing from you? Tell us where we can find you online, social media. Yeah, I'm all over it. You can't really swing a dead cat on the internet without hitting me somewhere, (laughs) as we say. (laughs) On Instagram, I have two, Dr. Tanya English and Healing with the Blues. Those are both on Instagram. You can look at either of those. On Facebook, we have Healing with the Blues. We have Quantum Healing International. But where I do a lot of the work and individually with people and groups is the Healing with the Blues Facebook group. That's a private group. And you can go to that group and be part of the group. And then there's the healingwiththeblues.com. The band page is on there, so you can see where we're playing as long as Ed updates it. (laughs) (laughs) 
get to work it. And then there's the quantumhealinginternational.com page too. That's a bigger website. And like I said, we're going to be doing that class. I usually do a master class or some kind of class once a month or so. So five simple ways to go from grief to relief is coming up on Thursday the 20th at 7 p.m. Central. And registration is free, but you do have to register. And then I'm also going to be doing a chakra class, which is called the chakra problem solver class. So that's where we use the chakra system to kind of look and see where's energy stuck. Where can we move this through? Because the way that I bring people into my healing is they do an intuitive energy scan with me. And that's where I'm reading their energy, their chakra energy. It's just a really nice structure to be able to use to see somebody's multifaceted kaleidoscope that they are. Yeah. And report back and say, this is where I'm seeing. Does this ring true? And most often I hear, boy, you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. So, Isn't that a lovely gift? What a wonderful gift. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Tanya. This is Kelly, and this has been Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, presented by the North Liberty Library. Today we talk with Dr. Tanya English about healing the past and what we can learn from our trauma. Check out the show notes from today's episode to find out more about her work and resources. And also please visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening.